Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, uh, we have talked a lot about this. I know that there was a, a fair amount of time yesterday and today where you and I is, I mean, there's not much, there's not much to say. Uh, and he, I think people wanted to be to some extent with their own thoughts. And now a lot has been said and will continue to be said in all of the mourners and uh, memorials <coughs> that are being erected, both physical and on social media and in various places. Um, there's plenty of more people around the country <laughs> certainly in the game of basketball, in the media, that have direct stories and reflections about Kobe Bryant, the person, uh, and his life, his legacy. And we will probably get to some of that stuff in in days later on. I think the thing to both of us, Coulter, though, that, that resonated was, I guess, twofold. The, the shock of this is, is just that. I mean, it's, it's absolutely shocking. Uh, and that is going to, in and of itself, I think, have great sort of reverberation, uh, particularly when you talk about a, a man who was an icon like Kobe Bryant, not just as a basketball player, but as a as a as a figure, as a superstar, a global superstar. Uh, so so that's one part of it on sort of the the mass scale, the broad global scale. Also, though, on the personal scale, um, the the effect that this news and this story has had on myself, I know on you as well, but also I, I was reflecting on this. Yesterday, I was thinking about this. I was surprised at how emotional I was about this. Um, I've cried more than one time as a result of this news. And I was trying to think about that because, you know, people, people 
people die every day, man. Like, you know, and, and from accidents too. need seemingly needless things, you know, things that, that, that don't have an explanation that there's not, you're not going to like find an answer to this stuff, you know? And I'm like, why is it that Kobe is the one where, where this is the thing? And part of it certainly is, is the broader context of this. I mean, you're talking about nine people. You're talking about the family relationship, he and his daughter, the, you know, the remaining three daughters and his wife, and then other families who have had members of their families lost in this tragedy. So that is, I mean, it's, it's truly heartbreaking. Um, and then also, I guess, you know, it's looking at my own family, my own children, and sort of having that just be emotional. It's not sad per se in, in the sense of, of, of that, but you, you, it rings home. I guess it brings a certain perspective that I just hadn't really been prepared for. But if you would have told me Coulter on, uh, you know, last week, Hey, what, what would your emotion be? What, what would you be experiencing? If you, if, if Kobe Bryant died in an accident uh, uh, like this, what do you think you would feel? And if I was really honest, I would, you know, I would say I would feel really sad. It's an awful thing. And, you know, it's something that, that you would go, wow, I can't believe that. And then kind of move on. And 36 hours removed from this thing or more in terms of learning of this news, I, I haven't even taken the first step on to me. Uh, and, and I have no relationship. I mean, we are, at least I am, I feel like within the context of the United States, as far removed from a person like Kobe Bryant as you can be, aside from the sports aspect, of course, which we have sort of dedicated our lives to, and obviously are big sports fans, big NBA fans, and all of that. But I'm a white kid son of a forester in South Canada, <laughs> in, in Missoula, Montana. I mean, I am, I, we are all in an outpost of the United States, about as far removed from Los Angeles and the NBA and all of that stuff as you can be, and yet the impact on it is, has been huge, and, and I am finding that I'm not the only one. Like there, there's so many people, almost everybody is saying, not only is this affecting me, but it's affecting me at a level that I had no expectation that something like this could. And I think it's worth trying to parse apart a little bit of why is, what was it about Kobe Bryant? And then this event yesterday that is, I, I feel like a mass universal mourning that is taking place. Absolutely. And I, I've been thinking about exactly that element, been thinking about all the elements of this and, and there's so many things to talk about. And we will continue to talk about this throughout the week because I do think that when when stars burn out, too, they burn too bright and then they burn out, mm-hmm. that obviously is so often shocking. We've seen global icons die in recent years even, Absolutely. whether it's Michael Jackson or Prince or Anthony Bourdain or Kate Spade or Chris Cornell, people that are... are Unbelievably famous. And I think that the thing about Kobe Bryant's death that is more shocking than any other, and not to put, shock does not mean any less hard to handle. You're trying to compare this, right? But I think when Michael Jackson died, the world collectively felt, wow. He did that to himself, but we also did that to him. The fame that he experienced from such a young age made him crumble before our eyes. And so I think there was a, a feeling of, of guilt among the people of the world 
And this wasn't that because there was no lead up to it. There was no demise. That's right. When Whitney Houston died, it was very shocking, but also everything that she had done in her life made it somehow less surprising That's just right. because it, was, it wasn't out of left field. This, more than any other celebrity death I can think of, was completely out of left field. And it's accentuated by the fact that social media is so prevalent, so the news spreads so wild, but also because social media is so prevalent and there's been all sorts of spoofs about all sorts. I mean, there's been reports of Hillary yes. Clinton and Hugh Hefner and Barack Obama and all sorts of people yeah. dying. And so when this first occurred, I thought, oh, it's fake. It can't be real. It's not real. It That's can't right. be real. It's not real. That's and right. then I sat on Adrian Wojnarowski's Twitter refreshing it for like 15 minutes. And then when he had it, I was like, man, what what just happened? What just happened? 210 Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. The I think your your conversation point here is is a really good one, though, because I do think that this has resonated on a level that I don't think anybody expected. My, my roommate in college, one of my best friends, is one of the biggest Laker fans I've ever met. The day that Kobe Bryant demanded a trade on Stephen A. Smith, my roommate tore his room apart, tore all the Laker posters, all the Kobe posters off the wall. And so there's fans like that that just loved him. And there's tens of millions, even, even maybe hundreds of millions across the globe that love Kobe Bryant on that level. But... When you look at this kid, to me, Kobe was singular in terms of his image, his talent, the prodigy that he was, but the genius that he was in NBA history. There have been other guys that walked similar paths that came out of high school, like Sean Kemp and Kevin Garnett and Tracy McGrady. There have been other guys that had the prophecy of greatness, like LeBron James. But the difference between Kobe and everyone else to me is the fact that Kobe recognized his own genius. And, and make no mistake, I think Kobe Bryant is absolutely a genius. And I think that a lot of times we pin genius on people that write symphonies or write novels or paint pictures. But there's all sorts of art in the world. And he was a true artist. And with genius comes undeniable drive, but also comes obsession and also comes being misunderstood. And I think that like LeBron James, for example, he was given so many unbelievable gifts. And it's not to say that a 6'6 shooting guard whose dad played in the NBA didn't have a whole bunch of gifts too. Kobe Bryant was undeniably gifted. But to me, the difference is that a guy like Kevin Garnett was trying to live up to the potential that we felt he had for his whole career. It's the same thing with LeBron James. We're in year 17 of LeBron James, and so many people that have lived through it with him still don't think he has necessarily achieved what we thought and hoped he could. Mm. And Kobe, he defined his goal as becoming the greatest basketball player of all time, surpassing Michael Jordan. That in itself, I think, turned a lot of people That's off. That's right. I think, I think when he comes in the league, Jordan's still in the league. And so those first couple of years, when you have this 19-year-old kid who's starting in the All-Star game, talking about how I am the next Michael Jordan, I think that a lot of people took that as being brash. And on the surface, it is brash. Well, it is brash, right? It is. But, but when you then... Put in not not just you capture your own genius by putting in the work. That's right. 
And and I think that's where Kobe was able to completely redefine himself. And we'll get into his career, the arc of his career later on in the week. But I think that the reason that this thing hit so hard yesterday was that there's hundreds of millions of people that love this guy, that thought this guy was the greatest, that he brought so much joy and entertainment and taught so many lessons to people because he is the most driven, hardest working, most competitive athlete we've seen in the modern generation and arguably one of the of all time. The, the NBA at any given time you can you can look at it and say who's the guy of this generation and it went Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, that's it, that's all since since the the the, the 80s to the yes. present day. Right. Those are the three figureheads who have been the absolute front porch no question no 1a to those three in succession as the guys of the nba period and kobe bryant occupied that space well well a player for probably 15 years mm-hmm. certainly a dozen mm-hmm. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. And I think that I think that all the all the people that loved him, that's part of it. But I think that the reason this thing exploded like it did yesterday and you have yourself in tears yeah. as someone that's not a Kobe Bryant fan right, right. that's why because Kobe was such a he was such a genius that he became so misunderstood by so many people they 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 mistook or correctly pinned whichever side you want to think his maniacal drive to be the best as arrogance and there's a certain element of arrogance that goes into it but Kobe Bryant more than any other athlete that we have seen that has grown up in this era of overexposure handled the spotlight. Kobe Bryant was by and large, I mean, he matured certainly, especially in his role as a father and a husband, but by and large, the spirit of Kobe Bryant, the, the internal natural charisma has been the same since he was at, at, at in high school. And I think that there was so many people that hated Kobe from a sports perspective. Right. They hated the mani- it was the Jordan people. It was me who like, you think you're going to be Michael Jordan? Take a walk. Right. 13th overall pick, 18 totally. years old. Out of, no, you can get out of here and then you resent him for that because Michael's your guy or whatever for a period of time. But then, like you said, he never not only did it not change, it only became more fierce and 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 more driven and and greater. And then at some point, I don't know if there's an, a day for me, and I think for almost anybody who was with the switch flipped, right? Where right. you go, 
But, I'm but, over but, hating this guy. I am into respect on this guy. But the switch so often the switch flips for professional athletes. And a lot of it is because of the way that they change their personality in the media. And that's right. where Kobe Bryant is singular. He didn't he change. He never ever. changed. Yes. Not yes. for one second. Yes. Bill Plaschke, columnist for the Los Angeles Times, yep. he, he wrote his first column for the LA Times a month before Kobe Bryant was drafted. So they lived their lives in harmony, or, or I guess alongside Parallel. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bill Plaschke's column, the part that stuck out to me so much was he talked about how. Kobe Bryant was the only player in the NBA that didn't have an entourage. Yeah. Kobe Bryant didn't need an entourage. He believed in himself that much. And he said that Kobe Bryant about once a week would walk with him, the newspaper columnist, to his car and he would give him honest feedback on what he thought Bill Plaschke had been writing. And if it was negative, he said thanks for the motivation, Bill. And if it was positive, he said that was that was good to you, but here's some details that you could tweak to have a better understanding of this. He, Kobe Bryant was known to call up people, call up Bill Simmons, call up J.A. Adande, and just say, what do you think about this? Not for an interview, not for anything but his own knowledge, but I think that his sense of self-security and his embracing of the gifts and genius that he was gifted, that rubbed people wrong, but I think as his life matured, Almost everyone came around, and I think that's the hardest part. What you said was so great. Kobe Bryant, what he accomplished in his life was so unbelievably profound, and it was, at the same time, nothing close to what he would have accomplished. That, that to me, uh, is, and, and again, I think that at some level, trying to assess like why you feel the way you feel about this, I mean, it's it's... It's it's a tragedy that just is – there aren't words to sit here and, and try and sort of put around it and an explanation to attach to it. But at least in part for me, the the great tragedy here is there's a lot of people who ret- – like what's the goal in retirement? No matter who you are, to golf – and maybe to visit, you know, some family in in uh, you know on on Florida's beaches somewhere, you know, a couple times a year or something like that. And even professional athletes, you know, what's your life going to be like after your time? And you know, okay, a lot of them maybe get into media, get into TV, do something else or whatever, and and you know are active to some extent. But by and large, it feels to me like a lot of a lot of you know, professional athletes who retire and are financially secure and so forth and so on, you know, they get the yacht, they go to the golf course, they do the thing and, you know, make appearances from time to time or whatever and are maybe happy to be out of the spotlight and all that kind of thing. And I don't begrudge any of them for that. That is fine. Kobe Bryant, the drive that he had to me was not merely a basketball drive. It certainly was a basketball drive, first and foremost. But it was a a life drive, an existence drive, and in the couple of years after he retired, you could see the shift that had taken place in him, and he talked about even before he retired, how many people, you talked about him calling up, how many people he talked to about how, how do I go about navigating not playing basketball anymore. This thing that has been the identifying feature of my entire existence is no longer going to be there one day it is and the next day that's it and that's all how am i going to go through this and he was very very uh uh i think uh reflective and thoughtful and considerate about how he was going to enter in to his post basketball playing time and the thing to me that has been uh so striking in this and and 
terrifically sad is I think that Kobe Bryant was going to spend the next decades giving energy in a positive form and fashion into everything and anything he did. And who knows what it would have been in 15, 20 years. But you talk about coaching his daughters, coaching the what he was doing and being as an ambassador in the women's game is absolutely, I mean, I think it's under the radar and maybe not known as much. It's unbelievable, and that was only going to grow. But also all the other stuff that he had, different different you know, movie things, creative things, obviously the details series and all that. And it seems to me like it was just getting started. And the, the, the assets that he had, but filtered through the person that he was to, to create and to drive and to move forward with things. Um, And now that just is, it just doesn't happen now. It just doesn't happen. And that is crestfalling to me. So tell no one is one or two nine ESPN radio. Generations are so much shorter now, I, I think, in, in the way that a generation turns. We used to think of generations as a 20 to Are you talking about like kind of culturally or something yeah, yeah, like that? Yeah, right. Or yeah. like saying that I, I, I consider you and I, even though we are only six years apart in age, from a different generation. Because generations now evolve. They're so much smaller from because of technological innovations, mm-hmm. right? Like saying you were born in the 70s. And saying you were born in the '80s, that it used to be a lot different than now. Yeah. Depending, I mean, just when did you get a cell phone? When did you get Facebook? I mean, those sorts of things. It sounds silly, but it's true. It defines Absolutely. a generation. Yes. And I'm only four years older than my brother, but I am from a totally different generation as well. But if you look at the NBA and the and the way that generations have sort of been spliced in the NBA, the Kobe Bryant coming into the NBA in 1996, I think he made made him the defining player for multiple generations. And now, so many of the guys that are in the league right now, they were either not born or very young when Michael Jordan was still at his peak with the Bulls. For sure. But they got to see the entire duration, and not only the entire duration, but also, in a lot of cases, got to play with and against Kobe Bryant. Right. And I think that maybe the best piece of praise that you could ever give Kobe is that more than Michael Jordan, more than Magic Johnson, more than Larry Bird, more than anybody, at least in my opinion— Kobe Bryant is beloved by fellow players. And I think that's why this news was so crazy yesterday because everybody, it impacted everybody that was playing in games. Yeah, I mean, the one guy who you might think maybe there wouldn't be too much love loss at some levels, probably Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, they went through it and they had their things. Shaq on Twitter Quote, there's no words to express the pain I'm going through with this tragedy of losing my niece, Gigi, and my brother, Kobe Bryant. I love you and you will be missed. My condolences go out to the Bryant family, the families of the other passengers on board as well. I'm sick right now, all caps in the last sentence. And and we know that they have, they're, they're pretty oil and water personality-wise, totally. drive-wise, and all of that kind of stuff. And yet, at the end of the day, the... I think Shaquille, in reflection, sees the greatness that he couldn't appreciate in the moment because he wanted to just be Big Shaq doing his thing, having fun, playing the game, right? It's not. It's a game for Shaquille O'Neal. There's no stories of Michael Jordan calling up Kevin Durant and telling him how to navigate fame. There's no stories of Michael Jordan calling up Russell Westbrook and saying, this is how you do it. There's no stories of Michael Jordan putting his arm around LeBron James and saying, this is how you be the face of the league. Mm -hmm. There is stories of Kobe Bryant doing that with all of those guys I just mentioned, and then some. I mean, 
Who would have ever thought that Kobe Bryant and Gary Payton were best friends? But they were. Gary Payton called into the whatever ESPN show I was watching yesterday. He was he was the most distraught of any person I heard. And they only played for two seasons together. But I think that's the whole thing is that the 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 unrelenting mania that Kobe Bryant pursued greatness with. I think the people that loved it loved it wholeheartedly and it's what made him so popular and i think the people that didn't love it hated it and i think that's where shaquille o'neal falls in it was never going to work with those two Shaq was never going to work as hard as kobe but i think it's just like we talked about with in all these grizz greats podcasts grizz greats the coaching tree you can check it out now we, we asked all the former players what they thought of playing for these guys. And in the moment, it's they all say it was so hard. And I didn't appreciate it until later. And I think that's so much about Kobe Bryant, too. You can't appreciate the drive until after the fact. But then the fact that he wanted to pass the knowledge along, I think that's where he resonates so much with players that both grew up loving him and watching him, but also had real life contact with him and that he really did teach and mentor. Stu Tillman, Juan is 1290 ESPN Radio. Take a break. On the other side, we'll get into the back half, back couple years of Kobe Bryant's career, and also we'll hear uh, the post-game interview that Kobe Bryant did after his final game, that iconic 60-point performance, which is going to be replayed tonight, 7 o'clock Mountain on ESPN television. We'll talk about that and hear from Kobe Bryant as well right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. One of the greatest ever, and for something like this, the most shocking uh, passing death tragedy that I that I am aware of, not just sports, of, of, of anything like this. Stu Tell Nuan is 102.9 ESPN Radio. It's so shocking and sent sh- such shockwaves through the world that – the world forgot that the Super Bowl's on Sunday. That's right. The Super Bowl is not even on on the radar. It's Cat right Grizz now. in Montana. Nobody's talking yeah. about it. Yeah. It's the Super Bowl on Sunday. That's that's uh, an impact. No doubt. Um, Kobe, Coulter, there's only, I, I said this to you in our discussion, there are two last games that that one of these iconic athletes have ever played and where in their actual final time playing the game, y- y- it's not even possible what they went out and did. One was Derek Jeter for the New York Yankees having a walk-off single 
in his last ever plate appearance to win the last game he was ever going to play in for the Yankees. And the other one is Kobe Bryant scoring 60, hitting the game-winning shot over the Utah Jazz in his last ever NBA game. Um, That game, by the way, is going to be aired tonight on ESPN television uh, at 7 o'clock Mountain. Uh, And so you can watched that and relive what to me was again you want to talk about our generation gap here it is jordan kobe i mean michael jordan was it for me forever i i lost my mind as did many others to michael jordan and what he was that's what i got into basketball about the sport that unequivocally should have been the last sport that i should have ever been playing i mean there there is no sport that accentuates my weaknesses and hides whatever strengths i may have better than the sport of basketball and yet michael jordan was it so when kobe comes along i'm not into it and i told you at some point over the course of his career and my brother by the way massive kobe bryant fan what's he think devastated i mean it's very call him yeah i mean it's it's we were shaq kobe laker guys together and then when shaq was the one that got the boot i had a brief moment in my uh adolescence where i was like man no thanks lakers i'm i'm out i'm going somewhere else the fact that you and my brother were shaq and kobe respectively is just so apropos let's put the side-by-side photos up there um (laughs) you know is, is maybe not surprising, but the the uh, at some point I went from, you know, I had gotten over. Maybe I'd matured. Okay, basically, probably what it comes down to in the fact of look. Okay, Michael Jordan's still the greatest of all time. Okay, that's me. Watching Kobe do what he did, you cannot help but have have an appreciation for it. And when he played in this final game, there's there's not many moments, man, in sports where I have. I, I've been euphoric. I've been floating with joy and amazement at something that I was watching, and it can't even be possible that it's happening. And that was Kobe Bryant in his last game to score 60 and walk out on top. I want to play you a couple minutes. If you remember after that game, he took the mic, he addressed the crowd, and um, and it's it's completely memorable and, and, and maybe worth listening to today. You know, it's... Uh I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stay together throughout. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. I mean, I knew, knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't, you can't write something better than this. And I'm more proud, I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years. Because we didn't run. We didn't run, we played through all that stuff and we got our championships and we did it the right way. And uh, 
All I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And, uh, you know, what's funny, <laughs> the thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball. And on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> <laughs> this has been this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart, and uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys, and uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys, and uh, I love you guys, and uh, my family. To my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. There you go, Kobe Bryant after his final NBA game in Los Angeles talking to the fans. I think one thing for fans, he can express to a certain extent the way he feels in a moment, and he did. You never get to say to them, alive or otherwise, what they mean to you. I mean, you can reach out on you know social media or something, and aside from the cheers and all of that stuff, you don't... I think there's a certain... There's an asymmetry between the fan and the sports figure where everybody feels like they know this guy, like they love this guy and they do like, that's the thing that, that people who aren't really into sports and stuff. I don't think really appreciate, uh, the emotional attachment that people have to these guys, whether it makes any sense, which it doesn't is, is real. It's honest. And uh, particularly with basketball, because, it's it's so naked compared to other sports, and because You're sitting courtside, the guys right there, you, and, the and, and, yeah. and guys and guys are so much more accessible. And I mean, we we hardly even mentioned the passing of David Stern. I mean, David Stern deserves all the credit in the world for his influence that he's had on the world at large, including in America, mm-hmm. because the marketing that the NBA has done since the mid '80s. I mean, I think that's the thing that's crazy about Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan is at the same time a hero and one of the great competitors of all time, but also the luckiest person that ever lived because he, he was the guy at the absolute perfect time. Yes. It it, it could have only been him. So you don't want to discredit it, but like Michael Jordan in the world, he made that book by David Halberstam is unbelievable. It's all about all the things that went into making the first real life hero. And I mean, people forget like OJ Simpson was on commercials and stuff like that in the late seventies, Bruce Jenner, you know, those guys were getting endorsements and stuff. The, the dude who you wanted to wear his shoes and drink his Gatorade and dress just like him. You wanted to have his earring. Michael Jordan was the first person like that. Mm. And that's where basketball is so crazy because it's not only that you wanted to shoot like Michael Jordan. You wanted to be him. Yeah, you wanted right. to carry yourself like him. You wanted to talk like him, walk like him, and that's Kobe. 
for so many people in this mm-hmm. generation. And I think, like we talked about in the first segment, that's why it resonated so much because you either wanted to be exactly like him or exactly not like him. And I think the people that didn't like it, that that didn't like the brash, it came full circle for him during his career, which never happens for an athlete. Mm-hmm. And then when you lose him, then you realize that all maybe the the negative feelings you had towards this guy were regrettable. And he he is absolutely iconic. One of the great icons that's, I mean, that that, that there is in the history of, of this country and, and then one of in the modern history of the world. Yeah. Uh, it's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. I, th- I thought Mark Cuban, I thought his tweet was so spot on. He said, in a country that has never been more divided, a country that's almost defined by division at this moment in time. There has been nothing that has brought us together over the last 10 years like this did yesterday. Mm-hmm. And what credit, what more credit do you need for a life well lived than that? We'll take a quick break. Jerry West uh, is, uh, well, probably as close a voice from a, certainly from a basketball standpoint as you're going to find to uh, talk about Kobe Bryant. He's the one who drafted Kobe Bryant to the Los Angeles Lakers and is obviously the original Laker great in his own right. Uh, and we're here from Jerry West uh, and what he had to say on the jump, a little longer form, some stories uh, from Jerry West about Kobe Bryant right after this. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. What we've experienced and maybe what we're experiencing across the state of Montana to some extent with the uh, the tragedy that took place yesterday in which nine people were killed in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California, including Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter Gianna. Uh, Jerry West may be on a more uh, sort of obviously on a, on a, on a direct first-person basis and also a basketball knowledge basis was on the jump uh, talking about Kobe Bryant. And basically what this is, it's an interview in which the questions have been taken out, so you're only going to hear Jerry West here, but his answers are often in the form of stories that kind of stand alone, so you don't really need the context of the questions necessarily to appreciate everything that he has to say, starting with uh, you know, when they the Lakers ended up drafting Kobe, how they got him, and then uh, some stories about uh, Kobe Bryant, the man, as well. So here you go, the logo about the icon. 
the story is his life and his legacy. Um, uh, the summer of 96, um, we had a hopes that um, we could possibly acquire a major free agent. And in the process, our prized possession was going to be uh, Shaquille O'Neal if we had an opportunity to persuade him to come to Los Angeles. And um, at that point in time, there was a lockout. You really couldn't communicate, and finally we were able to communicate with people. And But we had the draft before, and there was a player that um, by the name of Kobe Bryant that um, was a high school kid whose kid won the state championship. Father Joe, uh, ex-professional player, played in Italy. Uh, he was over there. He moved back and watched his career and watched a lot of film on him and, you know, just how different and unique he was as a college, I mean, as, high, as a high school athlete. And then to uh, have a chance to visit with him in person, he was here in Los Angeles, represented by Arn Tellum, who'd been a great friend of mine for years. His sons and my sons are best of friends, even to this day, and they were really young. Um, and he wanted me to watch him work out. So we invited him to a workout with four players that were draft eligible, that were attractive prospects. And um, getting there and watching this kid with this perpetual smile, uh, this incredible boundless energy and his desire to frankly show everyone he was the best player there, um, probably took 10 minutes to see he was far superior to these guys who a couple of them got drafted in the first round. And when you watched him, you say, oh my gosh, there's no chance that we would have an opportunity to get him uh, in a draft because of where we're going to be in a draft position. Well, um, there was another opportunity. He came back and he wanted to work out with us again. And Michael Cooper, who was one of the great defenders in the league during his time, I think he'd been retired for a year, a year and a half, something like that. And we asked him to come over and participate in this workout. And Michael came there after about 10 minutes. I said, uh, Michael, you're an old man. Uh, you, you don't need to do this anymore. But it just, we just stopped the workout. It was just ridiculous of how, uh, how he conducted himself, more importantly, um, how he was just a teenager who was the man, and Michael Cooper looked like the teenager. Um, it was kind of embarrassing, to be honest with you. But it didn't take long to, to see the talent, but also to see the enthusiasm he had for the game, his knowledge and thirst to get better, to learn more. And uh, during the process of the draft, we were tried to trade him for the second, third, all the way down to number 13, and finally Charlotte said, yes, we will take him. We offered Vlade Divac, who was one of the best starting centers in the league, and everyone wanted a center, and they thought there was something wrong with him if we wanted to trade him. Um, I don't think they had any idea that this was a stepping stone to put us in a position to, draft, uh, to not only draft this player, who we thought was the best player in the draft, and through Jerry Buss's encouragement, uh, I, I just told him, I said, Jerry, this guy's going to be a huge draw, but he's going to be a great player. And he took my word for it. Um, we didn't have very many people working with us, a tiny staff, not like today. 
and then a series of conversations with with Shaquille O'Neal um, led us in a position where we were in a position to talk to him financially. Until we traded Vlade, we were not. And so the first thing got done first and then created a lot more space to try to sign Shaquille O'Neal. And then there was another deal after that that gave us some money. Uh, I'll never forget, I told Jerry Buss one day, I said, look, he said he's coming. And I told Shaquille, I said, look, Shaquille, I said, I'm gonna put you on the phone with Jerry Buss, okay? And I'm not gonna make this trade until you acquiesce to saying you're gonna sign. He agreed to sign. And then I said to him in that conversation, I said, we have a kid here that you're gonna love as a player. I said, he's gonna be one of the great players that ever played the game. And I think all of us have aspirations when we draft players and <clears throat> put players in a position that they're going to be great. And <clears throat> to watch him grow, uh, to watch he, what he became in this city, um, the legacy he established when he left. Um, a singular word, and I heard somebody say this yesterday, Kobe, will resonate in the city of Los Angeles forever. Um, Sunday's usually a day of you get up and had plans to work out, uh, read the newspaper, have a little bite to eat for breakfast, and then the news came over and all of a sudden found out he was gone. I had a, a brother killed in Korea and it was exactly the same feeling. I felt I was his surrogate father for two years. Um, he was my house a lot. My son drove him to practice, Ryan, who I worked for the Lakers for a long time. He's no longer there, of course, but he worked for the Lakers a long time. And um, they became friends. Uh, I remember the first time he took him down the 405 freeway to practice. He couldn't believe the traffic. And he was in my house a lot. And then through Arn's guidance, uh, he, he acquired a home in Pacific Palisades where he lived out there, which was fairly convenient at that point in time to uh, the forum and um, also the practice facility. But yesterday, um, <clears throat> I lost someone uh, that was like a son to me. Um, the Christmas cards I used to get from him, from Irvin Johnson, the joys of their family together. Uh, to see the impact that Kobe had on so many people, uh, and especially women's basketball. He embraced them, he encouraged them. His academy uh, to promote, promote sports, better conditioning, uh, coaching his daughter, and to think he was going out there to watch his daughter compete. And for him and the other families, it's like a this horrific loss, not only of a great resource, but someone who's building um, an incredible second career, someone who's not content to be someone commenting on a basketball game. Jerry, he was amazing. And when you say he's like a second son to you, we can all, we can all feel it. I'm so grateful to you for sharing some of these memories with us today.
I know how hard today is and yesterday and every day is going to be after that because of this. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Well, uh, as I say, he will live forever in this city. Uh, he was a worldwide phenomenon. And um, I am happy to have shared a small part of his life. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 